Here we go. This is Blue 42. We're going to go red, right, tight, close, sprint left, G, U, corner, half back, flat, on two. Ready? Right. Now here's your hosts, Danny O'Neill and Paul Gallant. Blue 42! Blue 42! Bump, since becoming a father, have you become stronger? Yes. Off top, you, there's two things you become stronger, right? When you have kids and then when you hit 30, you're like, all right, I got that grown men strength now. For some reason, my grip strength is just awesome. I can just I can lift a car if I needed to if my kids were in harm's way. Definitely have dad strength. I like it. Marco was talking about that. He said he'd been waiting for the dad strength to kick in. It's it's a real thing. Um, it's something I'll never experience because I'm not, not having kids. But I know that to... To the very end, I recognize that my father was not someone to ever be trifled with, and that, yeah, you you challenge your old man at your own your own risk. Because even if you think all things are equal, they're not going to be because dad's strength's going to kick in. They got that mental too. That, that mental. Oh power. yeah, <laughs> yeah, make you feel like a five year old just like that. Maybe I should have kids so I can have better gains. Hmm. <laughs> uh, question one, Michael Pumpus. <laughs> What do you like most about the pieces in the Seahawks secondary? Because that's probably what we're going to be focusing on, I would imagine, the most Saturday night in Vegas. Because there are a lot of guys that I think have a legitimate chance to both start and play this year. Man, it's it's a variety pack. That's what I like about it. You have your your tall, longer corners. You have Trey Flowers. You have Witherspoon. Uh, you have your veterans and and Trey and Witherspoon who have been there. Then you have your smaller, compact dudes and Trey Brown and DJ Reed and. Uh, they bring different energy as well. You know, I saw Trey Brown make a play on DK the other day, and he's flexing on him, bringing all the confidence in the world. Then you see Trey Flowers make a play. He humbly walks away from the situation. It's like when you look at that group, you're not just seeing the six-one Maxwell, the six-two Sherman, uh, the same type of mentality and approach to the game in practice. You have three or four different type of variety of guys out there, and I like to see it because they all bring something different to the table, which is going to make it, interesting when it comes to evaluating these guys like what exactly are the Seahawks looking for who, who do they need in this situation who's going to rise to the top and I think like most of us that's going to be a position that we watch on Saturday tough right the cornerback position and probably the receiver position to see who's going to be that fourth maybe fifth guy practice squad guy but yeah that that cornerback room is interesting different types of corners it's not your traditional room and everyone has their own personality and I just like seeing them put that on display during practice. Now we get to see it on Saturday. It's possible we're going to see a starting tandem of DJ Reed and Trey Brown, where you're going to see two guys that are smaller, more compact. It's also possible you could see the combination, especially with DJ Reed being a little banged up, that it's going to be Trey Flowers. And then on the other side of Keller Witherspoon, which would look very similar to what we've seen. Who do you think, just look in your crystal ball, take a, take a stab at it. Who do you think is going to be the starters week one of the regular season? I think it's going to be DJ and Witherspoon. But I, I also think that you can't sleep on Trey. I heard you guys talk about Trey before the break. He's making plays, man. Yeah, mm-hmm. he's he's not a guy who, who's fading into the darkness quietly. You know, he might not talk a lot. He might not be rah rah, but he's out there making plays. It's going to be tough for these guys to decide who they want. Who, who's the best playmaker among these corners right now? I, I remember last year one of the things I was excited about with the Seahawks bringing in Quinton Dunbar was that Dunbar seemed like he could be that guy. Where with Shaquille Griffin, it wasn't that he wasn't in the right place it was Griffin never was really able to quite complete the play get that interception now he was better at it last year than he had been in years past 
But among all those corners, bump based off of what you've been seeing out of training camp and obviously what you know about some of these guys too, who do you think is the best playmaker, the guy who's going to be creating the most takeaways? See, when you say playmaker, I think of two situations at the corner spot. I think of the guy who's going to get his hands on the football and tip it up and have someone else clean it up. Right now, I think that's Witherspoon. He's shown that during camp that he's long. He's got range. He can get his hands on the football. Now I think about when the football's in that player's hand, who's going to get busy? Who's going to get loose? And I think of DJ Reed just because of his natural return ability. So there's there's playmakers everywhere, but I think when it comes to attacking the ball out the air, it's going to be Witherspoon. And now getting that money once you have the bag, it's going to be DJ. Question two. What's the best thing you've seen out of Russell Wilson? R-Dub 3. What's the best thing you've seen out of him in camp so far? The best thing I've seen. He's made some great throws. Um, he has seen. He seems like he has control over this offense. But the best thing I've seen out of this dude is the time that he takes in between sessions with certain players. I see him talk to Disley. I see him talk to Cody Thompson. I've seen him talk to the seventh receiver all the way to the number one, number two in DK and Lockett. And I think that's extremely important. Everyone is learning this new offense and you need to be on the same page. So when there's a mistake that's made, Russell's Russell's bringing guys to the side. Now he's done this before. This is what quarterbacks do. But I've seen him do it at just a higher rate this year. And I've seen him do it to guys like he's probably not even going to throw the football to during the regular season. But I think he understands that you need everybody on the same page to make this thing flow. Because you never know when that undrafted free agent who's on the practice squad is going to get bumped up and you're going to have to rely on him to make a play for you. So I just see Russell Wilson really taking time to communicate with all of his playmakers and do it with purpose, not just a, a walk by real quick, you know, like, now nah, we're going to walk through this route. I'm going to walk it with you. We're going to talk about your angles. This is what I'm thinking. And that's what quarterbacks need to do. Again, like Russell have done, has done that before, but I just think that he's doing it at a, at a higher frequency right now. There's always some recency bias when it comes to what we've seen most recently versus what we maybe saw a, a year ago. But he's been getting the ball out really quickly, too. And Bump, I'm I'm curious as to where you think he's at now as far as what seems to be a training camp where there has been a real steady amount of time and energy put into him, I would say, staying in the pocket, but also just getting it out quick. I mean, there are some plays that they're running right down the seam where, I mean, it's out. It's out so quick to the point where early on in camp, some of the receivers couldn't even turn around quickly enough. And I know that's that's one of the underrated things about being a receiver is those quick passes. You got to get out there, but you also got to be able to turn around real quick. Yeah, you mentioned getting the ball out quick, working the seams. And I think he's able to do that this year as a result of the route combinations. When you see guys opening up in the seams, that means there are routes underneath them that are widening the flat defender, creating that window. And then you also mentioned how some of these receivers weren't ready for that football. You know, the, the first few days, like, it's sneaking up on them. So now they're understanding, look, as soon as I pass this second level, as soon as I pass by this linebacker, if there's any type of space, get your head around quickly. Russ is going to hit you. Those are the type of things that are going to be huge on third downs, right? Anticipation throws instead of just those Hail Marys, I'm going to close my eyes, DK, make a play for me, we're going down the field. We're starting to see Russell have a true grasp 
of when things are going to come open and how everything else is affecting the coverage. That just shows me that he's in the playbook. He's starting to feel it. When you can throw guys open, that's when you really understand what's going on, and we're seeing more and more of that as training camp goes along. Question number three. The first preseason game is usually the one where we're going to see the starters and regular players the least. What's the most important thing that they can take away from a game like this? I would imagine it's don't get hurt. Is there anything else? Man, starters is. And, I mean, really, they, they could stay in Seattle if they wanted to. They're, those guys aren't going to see the field. Their job on Saturday is to be a great teammate. You know, when, when you're in high school and you're blowing a team out 45-0, you bring your starters over. Hi, right, guys, support you guys. Be a good teammate. That's what the starters are going to do right now. They're going to be extended coaches out there. Russell's going to talk to Magoo and, and Gino. And you're going to have Dwayne Brown talking to the offensive line. DK is going to and Lockie going to talk to the receivers. As a veteran, you're just here to root your team on. This team, I mean, this game means absolutely nothing for you. Now these guys getting reps. This is for film. Even if you get cut from the Seattle Seahawks, you're still putting film out there for other teams to evaluate and hopefully bring you in if you do get cut. There, there are levels to this, man. Preseason means different things to different people. Lower the totem pole, man, this is real. You get ready. This is your Super Bowl. Let's go. These veterans, get your get your after-the-game fit ready. Let's see what you wear when you walk up to the stadium. They're, they're thinking about other stuff. They're not they're not worried about their performance tonight or Saturday. They just got to be good, good teammates and good coaches out there. Coming up with my list of, of guys that will have a lot to gain, Ben Burkirvin is pretty high on this list. He's going to play a ton. And yeah. he's probably going to play in multiple spots. And he's a guy that's kind of fighting for that spot on the roster. Like, I, I think he'll make it. Another, I hope to see some of Marquise Blair and Ugo Amadi and Nickel because they're competing, but I'm, I'm not sure. It might be a situation where they're in that starters group and, and they don't do that much. Alton Robinson, this is your chance to shine, right? Yeah. What are you going like, to This it? is your chance because you're going to get a lot of run. Like, you're going to get a lot of opportunities. And with Alden Smith no longer on the team, like, this is a chance. I don't expect to see Carlos Dunlap. I probably won't see Benson Mayo. Some of those vets are going to, like, hey, don't, don't, don't waste your bullets in the, in the preseason. Alton Robinson's a young dude. He's going to have some opportunities out there. So those are the kind of guys I want to see who returns punts and kickoffs. Yeah. I always love that. Like, that's an opportunity for somebody to make an impression. Who would you give it to, Bump? You've done it in the past. The return game? Yeah. <clears throat> uh, Freddie's got to take a crack at it. Um, I think Trey Brown's got to take a crack at it. I think John Ursua, come on, baby. He's got to get back there and return punts. I think he's on the bubble right now. Things are getting tight for him. But, yeah, it, you got to look at the receivers when it comes to the return game. I don't think there are any running backs other than Travis Homer, but I don't think he, he'll be out there who are big in the return game. But, yeah, look at the receivers. Freddie Swint, if Freddie can make one big play on special teams, I already think he's the number three. But if he can make one big play on special teams, man, take your pads off, take your helmet off, put a T-shirt on, you're good to go. Let me plant a bug because I, I, I want to see Ugo Amadi return punts. Yes. I, I think yeah. that dude is special when he gets the ball in his hand. Um, And that doesn't always work with DBs. Remember how long we wanted to watch Earl Thomas return punts? And then he went out there, and it was just kind of a circus. <laughs> like it was, He was catching balls he shouldn't have been catching. Like It was, it, it was not good. But. I, I want to see, and I because I think Google, I think Google is pretty special when he gets the ball in his hands. Yeah, I believe he has a couple returns to the house with Oregon, and then yep. he has a couple pick sixes as well. I mean, you look at it at his body, the way he's made up, he looks like a guy who would be great in the return game. Yeah, I like that. 
Ugo, get out there. How many guys have typically returned kicks at the NFL level, at the college level? Because I would imagine that a lot of guys that end up getting taken have done it in some way, shape, or form. I mean, DJ Dallas is somebody who at Miami, he he has returned a punt for a touchdown, I know. And uh, I imagine if Dwayne Eskridge was healthy, too, that he would be factoring into this, too. Well, you, you have to look at guys who have done it because – you have to want to return kicks too, man. Yes, you do. I mean, that's some pressure back there. I think it's easier to return uh, kicks, like kickoff returns, yes. just because of the way the ball's I hit. Agree. You got a lot more time. You got some guys easier in front to catch. of you. Yeah, punt returns. You gotta, you gotta want to do that, man. If, if you're shook out there, it, you'll be exposed fairly quickly. Kickoffs, you're gonna get blown up at some point, though. Yep. At some point, you're gonna you're gonna be hit by a man running full speed while you're running full speed. True, it's a different dynamic with punt return. The, like with kickoffs, you are gonna get creamed at some point in a way that you've never been hit before. I, I don't know though. I, I feel like with kickoffs, you, you have so much. You can see everything develop so much more easily than with a punt. With a punt, I, I feel like punts are just absolutely terrifying. Well, you got to think with with punts, the ball isn't going as far, so guys are getting get, getting down there and they're breaking down. Right, you're, you're, you're coached to break down and make the tackle. Kick returns, you have a guy that's in the R5, the L5, L4. Their job is just to be a missile and go and blow stuff up. Like it, it, your job is just to, to create havoc. So I think the bigger hits come in kick returns also because there's some blind blind sides there that you don't see somebody misses the block, you trust them, you get lit up. I've had snot bubbles before on kick return. It, it's it's <laughs> real. <laughs> uh, the description, I can't remember who told it to me. It might have been Tate, which is basically that a punt return punt return makes sense if you have to understand you have to make a guy miss that you never see. Like you you yeah. you have to make one guy miss that you absolutely don't see. You have to be making him miss basically before your eyes even come down. And and Tate loved returning kicks. And with kickoffs, he goes, "You have to be running full speed with a trust that somebody else is going to do their job, knowing at some point they're not going to, and that person's going to get beat, and you're going to get lit up." Yep, it's going he down. He didn't like kickoff returns. <laughs> and Percy Arvin was the exact opposite. Percy loved kickoff returns and hated punt returns. That is Blue 42. We got Michael Bumpus in with us here.